0: Talk to your local agent today.
1: Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone who hoped to visit Everest Basecamp until they told me I couldn't drive there, but in my spare time, I talk tech and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Today in the red chair is Jason Freed, the founder and CEO of Basecamp. The company's products include the project management app, Basecamp, which is super popular, an online chat service for uh, coworkers. One of the first out, and the chat service is called Campfire. He's also the co-author of several books. Most recently, It Doesn't Have to be Crazy at Work. Jason, welcome to Rico. Deco. Thanks for having me on. Just so you know, you're known to be a very funny guy, so you better, oh, keep, you better keep up <laughs> with me here. So th- let's talk a little bit about Basecamp and how you got to do Basecamp, because Basecamp was one of the first... There's been a lot of these, and there's all kinds of different things. But you guys were one of the first to think about different workflow way before Slack, way before anybody else. Yeah, um, way
2: before. Yeah, two thousand four. it. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, way when you back. Debuted. One, Twenty years. Um, almost. Talk
1: a little bit about your background and how you got to Basecamp because you did a bunch of other
2: things before. Sure. That. Well, before Basecamp, I was freelancing doing website design. Right. And then we Which built a, a f- lot
1: of early internet peoples were doing. That's, so that's don't where, where we we'll started,
2: basically. Right? Oh, on the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ninety six. It got. It was in college. The internet was starting to hit, so I yeah. started doing. That stuff, mm-hmm. and, and learned how to do that, and um, built a small business, but mostly just myself. And I kind of got bored working for myself, so I worked with a few other people, and we started getting really busy doing client work. And we needed a better way to manage the work because we're using email, phone calls, and person meetings, and it was a mess. Mm-hmm. So we started to look around at project management tools, and they were all really complicated. Right, they were a mess, hard to use. Remember the physical
1: books? What was that thing called? We ripped off pieces. Oh, gosh, and remember those?
2: I do. There's all. But at the time, it was Microsoft Project was the big thing. It's yeah. just like these were solving different problems than we had. I didn't even recognize these problems. And so we built our own tool to use internally. And our clients were saying like, what is this thing you're using? We said, well, it's just this thing we made. I don't know, it's just this thing. They're like, well, we have projects and we can't figure out how to make them work either. Can we use your thing? We said, no, it's not really a thing. It's just our thing enough people asked us about it that we decided to build it and turn it into a product. So mm-hmm. we did that in 2004 I'm and put about prices what, on it.
1: with about what the concepts around around. What, Basecamp. What Basecamp,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, so every team needs a series of tools to work together. They need a way to make announcements to one another and they need a way to do real-time conversation and also slow-time, like mm-hmm. asynchronous-style conversation. You need to keep track of what needs to get done, who's responsible for doing it, when things are due, documents, notes, that kind of stuff. And today, a lot of companies piece together five or six or seven different apps to make this work. Basecamp is one single app that does all these things in one place. Mm-hmm. And so, um, while a lot of tech people love to piece shit together, mm-hmm. uh, most small businesses do not. Mm-hmm. They don't have time to shop for this stuff, so they want one place to go, and that's what Basecamp is. It's all these tools in one place that work together.
1: All right. So you you started in 2004, which was well before a lot of them. There's been like a million since now. Then. There
2: have been. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. What has changed in the way people work in that way of people willing to do it that way? Yeah. Well, I mean, Trello, when we I'm just trying to think. There's Slack. There's they're all different
2: different iterations. takes on it. Yeah. Right. Yep. Everyone's got a different take, which is right. great. Um, it's the one
1: that the Facebook guy did.
2: Oh, uh, Asana? Asana. Yeah, you've got all of these. There's, there's, I of mean, literally, practice. probably a hundred of them. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so... It's,
1: I like the name Basecamp. I'm sorry. Was it's like, a simple one. I get right. it. Right,
2: right, right. exactly. <laughs> we all come together. do meditate
1: at me at work. Totally. Work is not meditative it's to not. most people. It's not,
2: it's um, not. Well, you know, in 2004, the big challenge actually then was like, can I put my data online and even think it's safe? Like people were afraid to bank online back in 2004. Yes, so we were. had different challenges back then. But fundamentally, it was like, you know, who owns the data? Where is the data? Can I get to it whenever I want? That kind of stuff. Those were the challenges back then. But what's changed is um, the the advent of real time communication. In workplaces, so things like Slack and chat tools, which I think are terrible ideas in general. I want
1: to hear why. Yeah,
2: I'll tell you why. Okay. And we actually used we'll to, to we that. used to build one. Um, we, we made one called Campfire, and it's still in Basecamp, But as a primary method of communication, real-time communication is a bad idea in most workplaces most of the time. Because
1: people do other things, like talk about Game of Thrones.
2: <laughs> That's okay, I'm okay with that actually, right. occasionally. What I'm not okay with is being interrupted constantly. People cannot get their work done at work anymore because they're being constantly interrupted you by all these real-time tools. Right. And it's busted. This is not progress, this is a regression. Okay. And so um, Basecamp is more focused on asynchronous communication, which is more like email style, slower, longer form, not one line at a time. But I'd say lately one line at a time has become popular. I think it's going to turn around, though.
1: Okay. All right. So you've evolved the project management app to do basically the same things, which is to a, a format of doing project management together. Yeah.
2: It's right. pro, so, you know, communication, scheduling, tasks, files, all that stuff in one place. It's kind of like if you think about, you know, You want to, a company needs a central source of truth, Mm -hmm. one place where they can go to know that everything that they need to know is there and it's the final version. And that's what Basecamp's really Mm -hmm. for. So
1: one of the things you did in creating this company, how many people do you have there?
2: 55. And we are where? We're intentionally small. Yeah. Uh, Mostly Chicago. Actually, not mostly. We're mostly remote. We have 15 people in Chicago and then the rest in about 30 different cities around the world
1: you and wordpress um yeah wordpress
2: is 100 percent. but yeah, we, we've right. always been remote since the fourth employee
1: right y- this is interesting you used the word intentionally small i just recently heard oh the i hate intentional. companies right yeah, yeah. Uh, intentional i just interviewed emily weiss from glossier last night and she's like we're doing intentional growth and i was like uh, what and she goes it means staying small when i feel like it until, <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah sure it was i'm not going to grow just because they want me to grow it was really interesting
2: well who's they that's the problem. The VC. That's the, the problem. The There's the problem right yeah, there. Right. You can't. We're going to get small. to VCs.
1: I promise. Right. I'm going to give you an entire. Hold you hold off on the VC <laughs> rant because I am here and You're down for, it up for you. Me. I'm just not going to say anything and I'm just let you go on. <laughs> but let's talk about your company. So you created this company and yeah. what it's where the book came out of. Yeah, we've right.
2: done a few books. Rework right. is our probably our most popular book. Mm-hmm. But we launched that in 2010, so it's mm-hmm. been a while. Then remote. We did a book on remote working, and then it doesn't have to be crazy at work. All so my co-founder and I, we write the books together.
1: Right. To talk about them.
2: Yeah, every five years we write a book, basically. Um, And it's about our point of view on the industry, on work. It's basically, we think of it as, I've always been inspired by chefs. Mm -hmm. So chefs uh, write cookbooks and they share their recipes, basically. They're not afraid of somebody buying that book and then opening up a restaurant next to theirs and putting them out of business. A lot of businesses, though, however, are typically they hold things close to their chest. They think that everything's proprietary and important, and it's not. Mm-hmm. So we just share. So basically our books are our recipes on how we do work and how we think about work and how we think about growing a company and marketing and not taking money and uh, and working remotely and working calmly and doing 40-hour weeks and eight-hour days and thinking that's enough versus going crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Um, these are just our thoughts. And every five years, we have enough thoughts to put into a book.
1: Okay. So talk about the, how they've shifted from one to the next for the, the first books? One. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So Rework, the first book was basically about— um, This was what year? 2010. Mm-hmm. It was basically our point of view on building a small business. So that was more about building the business. Staying small. Here's why we stay small. Here's why we didn't take money. Here's how we market. Here's how we promote the products. Here's how we promote ourselves, that sort of thing. Remote was all about um, how to work remotely. So people are like, "How do you do this?" So here's how we do it. Here's the you know the eighty different essays on how to work remotely, how to build teams, how to do marketing remotely, how to build culture remotely, how to hire remotely, how to work with people remotely when you can't see them, that kind of stuff. And then it doesn't have to be crazy at work, which just came out in October, is all about pushing back really hard on the current trends in work, Mm -hmm. which is, um, I should say, which are uh, everyone's like, "I'm super busy." It's crazy at work um, I'm working the weekends I'm working at night I have no time to work during the day so I have to work whenever else I can My schedule is packed my inbox is blowing up chats blowing up I'm paying attention to a million different things at once like I think that's all completely broken and completely unnecessary mm-hmm. So the book is all about why we want to push back hard against its crazy at work and think that you should instead build a calm company one that works, steadily, carefully, thoughtfully, 40 hours is plenty of time. If you can't get done in 40 hours, cut stuff back, don't add more time. Have small teams of three or fewer people, like all of our points of view on really keeping things calm, small, and 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 frankly, easy, versus making it hard on ourselves. I think a lot of companies make things too hard on themselves. All
1: right. Well, let's unpack that then. Let's yeah. talk about some of the themes that you talked about in the book itself.
2: Sure. The first thing I'll start with is, is protecting your time and attention. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I give a talk at this TED talk a number of years ago called why you can't get work done at work anymore, mm-hmm. basically. And the whole premise was that we work all day, we're at work all day, but we're in meetings all day and we're, we're, our yes. time is scattered, right? Yeah. We have 15 minute blocks of time. You can't get really good, thoughtful, creative work done in 15 minute blocks of time. So you might be at work for eight hours, but you have maybe like, if you're lucky, 17 minutes to yourself in a given day, right? And so then you have to work the weekends, you have to work at night. That's why you get work done on planes because no one's bothering you and whatever. And so for us, the most important thing for me as the business owner is to make sure I'm protecting my employees' time and attention. If they can't have a full eight-hour day to themselves, I'm making a mistake. Like, I'm not doing my job. So for me, the goal is to make sure that we have full eight-hour days to each person so they can control their day themselves. So we have no corporate meetings, no company-wide meetings at all. We don't have any meetings. We don't share schedules. We can't see each other's calendar. We can't do any of the things that makes it easy to take other people's time from them. Right. So in the book, we talk about— Time thief. Ta- everyone's a time thief. Time thief. We talk about this in the book. We call it calendar Tetris. <laughs> so you look at someone's I do not anyone in my calendar. Yeah. You look at someone's calendar, some blocks of color everywhere, and you're trying to, like, fit some slots mm-hmm. in, right? So— that's a problem. The fact that you can see someone else's calendar is a problem. It should be hard to get someone's time. Modern technology has made it too easy to get on someone's schedule and to claim and to actually not even claim to steal time from them. If I want to block an hour of your time, if you and I work together, I could go look at your calendar, invite you. You're probably going to say yes because most people don't say no. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, your day is not yours anymore; it's mm-hmm. someone else's. That's a problem. You cannot be expected to do great work if you don't even own your own time. So for me. Owning time is—owning my own time and owning making sure my employees own their own time is very important. No meetings, no calendar. Expectations, huge. So,
1: before I yeah. finish that, um, when you don't have that, there are some things you do need to talk about.
2: Sure. So, if I need to talk to someone, I have to ask them.
1: Ask them for time. Yeah. Which is what people do. Oh, don't grab it. Oh, don't grab me. Yeah, yeah,
2: different. So it's like, right. hey, hey, Kara, um, are you free at three o'clock Thursday to talk about something? And you can we can have a conversation about that. And then, you, then you're in control of your own time. You can go, you know what, um, how about Friday at one or something like that versus me looking at a grid of your time mm-hmm. and then just taking it without any humanity involved, right. without any yeah. conversation involved. Yeah. It's funny because companies, you know, they always talk about time as money. They don't leave money out on the table, though. (laughs) But they leave time out on the table. You can take anyone's time you want. You cannot take a penny, though. And they have have comptrollers and CFOs, and everyone's watching the money. No one's watching the time. So, you know, that's what happens is people's time is taken from them because no one's watching it. No one cares about it. And
1: so it's direct Calling or texting or whatever. Yeah, you
2: you would, you you could ping someone. You could you could email them. You can go through Basecamp. You could talk. Whatever it is. However you want to get in touch with someone, you ask yeah. for someone's time. It's yeah. someone's time is valuable. Like of course you should ask for it, mm-hmm. and you should respect that someone else's time is valuable, and they're probably doing their own thing. So you better be polite when you ask. You know, right. and make your case, not just claim a block. Right. So that's how that works. All right. Yeah. Next. So, but most of the time though, still, we don't talk directly to one another in real time. Most of the time it's asynchronous. So I'll post a message in Basecamp and someone will get back to me when they're ready. So this comes back to this idea of the expectation of immediate response. In a lot of companies today, there's an expectation of an immediate response that's broken as well. If I write something to someone and they get back to me four hours later, that's cool, I'm fine with that. They get back to me tomorrow morning, I'm fine with that, unless it's an emergency when it should never happen anyway. People get back to me when they're ready. I'll get back to them when I'm ready. That's the understanding we have at Basecamp. And that's a cultural thing, and it's really important. A lot of things in many companies are elevated to ASAP all the time. Everyone thinks everyone's in a hurry, and, and there's no hurry. There's really right. no hurry. Right, right, It's, 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 it's fake.
1: I don't answer my email anymore. You shouldn't. I don't. There's no reason to. I was mean, like, you didn't answer your email. I, go, I didn't, didn't email me again see there. it.
2: <laughs> well, I just delete <laughs> like, mine. Like, so every... like, you didn't
1: read it? I'm like, I did not. No. I shall not search for it either. Just send it again. Yes. You know, if you've managed to find me this quickly, it's really a funny reaction I get.
2: The great thing about it actually is that what's cool is when you ignore your email, if it's important, someone will remind you again. If it's not, it'll just go away. Yes, That's pretty it's much true. what I do.
1: It's true. Yeah. It's there's very, true, very yeah. few things that rise to the like
2: Need to know now. Need, need to, know to respond. Now. It's now. interesting.
1: All right, so you don't let you don't people respond in their time in a Whenever. message asynchronously.
2: Yeah, async right. primarily. Because,
1: Where did the ASAP culture come from? Just because these these apps and everything are so hello, hello, hello. Oh,
2: it's all tied to. I mean, it all ties back to business model. I think so. Mm. I'm going to kind of fall back right to B C, right? Ahead. Go but, ahead. but basically, it's like. When companies raise a bunch of money, they're expected to grow really fast. And when Mm -hmm. you're expected to grow really fast, you're expected to go really fast. And when you're expected to go really fast, everything's just ASAP. That's Mm -hmm. just the the expectation. And Mm -hmm. it all comes down to expectations. So, you know, we're used to texting in our our daily life, which is fine with our friends and whatever. You don't expect an immediate response from your friend, really, necessarily. Mm -hmm. But at work, for some reason, it's expected because this is important. These people are waiting on you. And there's so many interdependencies at companies that if you— take two hours, and everyone else has to wait two hours. And so that's another thing I think that's wrong in modern workplaces, that there's far too many interdependencies between departments and people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people should be able to slide by one another rather than grind their gears. So, for example, uh, at Basecamp, all of our teams are really small. Three people are fewer. No two departments really depend on each other to get anything done. You never have to wait around for someone else to do something for you. You just figure mm-hmm. it out yourself or you don't do it at all. Mm-hmm. Like these autonomous example, small but, units... right? For example, um, any programmer at Basecamp can ship software to the public. In a lot of companies, uh, and some people would say that's reckless, okay? I'd say it's a trade-off. So it's, in many companies, like you, you, you submit your software, some other engineer looks at it, some other engineer looks at it, some operations person looks yeah, at it, yeah. it's scheduled for deployment. So there's all these things in the chain that have to happen on time and everyone's waiting for each other to get something out. We just like, we trust everybody who works for us. Everyone's really good. And they, they get to the point where they can ship their own software and it's just done. They can handle it themselves. And so mm-hmm. that just makes it easier. They don't have to ask someone else for their time. That other person we'll doesn't manage their time. Or yeah.
1: Funnel or whatever the heck. Yeah,
2: there's so many roadblocks. Yeah. There's so many, the gatekeepers and roadblocks, just get rid mm-hmm. of them. Don't need them. Yeah. Don't need them. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that some things don't go wrong sometimes. It's just a matter of trade-offs. Or
1: how many things go wrong versus.
2: And most things don't go wrong. Yeah. And mo- most things don't matter anyway. Anyway,
1: you are correct, right? So, you so, so
2: there's a problem. You deal with it and you yeah. fix it. But to think about prevent the, the cost of preventing every potential problem is so high. Mm-hmm compared to just letting a few problems happen and then getting away with all these other things for free, which I much prefer.
1: Right. Good point. Ask for uh, forgiveness, That one, yeah. That one. That one, that one. one. one, All right. We're here. This is (laughs) fascinating. We're here with Jason Fried. He's the founder and CEO of Basecamp. He's also the co-author of a new book, It Doesn't Have to be Crazy at Work. When we get back, we're going to talk more about these issues, and then
0: we're going to lay into VCs, which will be really fun. (laughs) We're back with Jason
1: Freed, the founder and CEO of Basecamp. He's the co-author of a new book called It Doesn't Have to be Crazy at Work. How did it get to be crazy? So one was like, the, the, is it tech or is it, what is it? It's just
2: the- Tech. The, tech's at fault.
1: Okay. Explain and by the way, that. you know,
2: like, some of these things are good sometimes. Right. But, but, Give me something good. <laughs> I mean, look, real-time communication, for example, is handy sometimes. Mm-hmm. When there's really like a crisis or whatever, right. you need to really hash something out fine. It's just that when, when you have to follow- A dozen real-time conversations all day long. Right, that's broken. Mm -hmm. That's just broken. That's like you have the fear of missing out. We we have what we call Jomo, the joy of missing out. At base camp, (laughs) we want people to miss out. I want you just to focus on your work. You don't need to pay attention to a million things that are going on at once. Right? Not good anyway. Yeah. Um, and so like, you know, you look at, you, you walk around coffee shops or you look in offices and you see people have like a chat window open all day long mm-hmm. and their right eye is looking at that while they're mm-hmm. trying to do the work with their left eye and something yeah. else happens over here and they get a jump over here. Now they've stopped the flow and they're over here now responding to something one line at a time coming back. A new it's red, like being pecked to death. It's being pecked to death. That's a great way of putting it. Yeah. And it's bonkers. But tech enables it. But also I think the tech company mindset
1: which is infected everybody else
2: yes it fertilizes it and then then it grows into this really horrible monster
1: Uh uh-huh yeah uh all right so everyone's trying
2: to be a tech company like everyone's trying to model themselves after silicon valley companies which i think is just a terrible idea all
1: right we'll go into that in a minute so what is another thing that happens (laughs) what do you mean in the workplace what is another things that makes it crazy
2: yeah well other things that make it crazy i mean um
1: get rid of to stop being crazy yeah like so it doesn't have to be crazy
2: yeah um, one of the things that's really difficult, I think, for a lot of people, is to work on something that never ends. So um, a lot of projects at companies uh, don't—they have deadlines, but no one believes them. We call them dreadlines. All <laughs> <laughs> your like,
3: little crazy It's
2: Fun, right? There's a deadline and you there's a sell dreadline. Your
1: consulting for a lot more money. Than <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> you do. Okay. And no, I probably couldn't bother with. You, by you the could way. make
2: some money. <laughs> <laughs> um, no interest in that world. Um, used to do that. Not, not what it's I want to free do. Free
1: advice.
2: Free advice is better. So anyway. Um, Deadlines, dreadlines, dreadlines are, are deadlines that no one believes, that never seem to end. Projects keep going and people pile more work in and more work in and more work in and it, it just drives everybody nuts. It's like, when's this going to ship and then, oh my God, I thought it was going to ship Friday and it's not going to ship Friday and they're going to, they want us to do more stuff and now we have to stay the weekend and like all this false urgency that piles up makes people really, really crazy at work. and so. We have this thing at, at Basecamp where we only work on something if it can take six weeks or less. Mm-hmm. If it takes longer than six weeks, we don't do it. We break it into a chunk that's six weeks max, mm-hmm. and um, that way, even if you hate what you're doing, it's almost over before you start it. Mm-hmm. And also, we don't plan. I so this is it. yeah, this is another thing we don't do. We don't plan. Mm-hmm. We have no goals. We have no revenue targets, no financial goals other than to be profitable, mm-hmm. um, and no growth goals, no user growth, none of that stuff. Um, and I, I think that's another thing that makes so, people crazy. So let's crazy. see how we do. Let's just do our best work. All right. Like we're going to do our best. We should be doing our best work anyway. So let's just do that versus like making up some bullshit number. Like let's do a whatever X million something this year. Like And if you either hit it, great. Then if, if, like, if you beat it, then it wasn't high enough. If you hit it, fine. Then you make up another one next year. And if you don't hit it, then you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like why have put any of those pressures on you? Just like do the best work you can. And you'll be fine. The problem is, though, is that expectations are so out of whack for so many people because you're often working for somebody else. You're not working for the company or for the for the for the customer. You're working for a billionaire who wants to get a little bit richer off you. Mm-hmm. And so, growth, uh, multiples, valuations, all this stuff—that's what drives people crazy because they're aiming for that to move those numbers. Mm-hmm. And when you're when but you you're thinking- don't mind
1: measuring success, right? Like we did better this year than last year in this. I, I- you don't
2: even, well, you, I mean, even I know it's doing something.
1: If you start really losing money, like, yeah, yeah, why yeah. even be doing it? Like, I'm, unless I'm you not, really super enjoy it, I'm
2: not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not encouraging people to like lose money or hemorrhage money. And mm-hmm. we, we pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. But for example, if we didn't grow one year, uh, whatever. If mm-hmm. we only grew three percent one year, whatever. Who cares? That's mm-hmm. fine. If we lose a percent, that's fine. Like it's mm-hmm. fine. It's not fine if we're down eighty percent. Like right. that's, that's not I mean. fine, right? right? But but that doesn't happen. I mean, it could certainly mm-hmm. and. To every company, it will at some point. But as long as we're just moving in the right direction, as long as we're profitable, as long as we keep our costs in check, I'm fine. So we've been profitable every year for 20 years, and that's how long we've been in business. And that's the goal for us. If there is a goal, it's just remain profitable, which means that if we're profitable, we can stay as, as, as long as we want. And um, that's the But you don't have that's goals the
1: of hegemony. You don't have any of those
2: goals. No, absolutely not. Right. Completely against that. You have to remove
1: that. the hegemony part. You
2: have to. Right. And that's the other problem, I think, with, with a lot of things in Silicon Valley and sort of the, 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 the model that's sprung up there, which is, which is world domination, which is, um, you know, uh, hegemony. It's, it's having massive influence. It's dominating a market. It's owning the market. It's all these warlike bellicose terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, uh, you know, we're going to conquer this. We're going to take that. There's a talent war we're fighting. And it's like all this war language. I don't, I don't get it.
1: I think most of America does that. I don't know if you've noticed. Yes.
2: Okay. But it's especially bad in tech,
1: don't uh, you think? Uh, politics is doing a pretty well, good yeah, job. Well, yeah, but at
2: politics it. has kind of always done that.
1: Right. Yeah. This tech
2: yeah. thing feels like
1: some days I'd rather than just take up swords. I'm like, just take up swords. <laughs> just let's fight. See, let's see just who lives. Fight and see who lives.
2: See yeah, who we we like. know who would live. Not many of them. No. No. They'd no. all kill each other.
1: They would. Which among the tech executives, I wonder? The
2: tech executives? Oh, Bezos looks pretty buff Bezos these days. Bezos would win. He looks buff. Again, once yeah. again. Yeah, once again. I think Cook would win. I think he's very crafty. You think so?
1: Yeah. He's fast. Like he's, he's kind of fit. sly. He's fit Yeah, fast. slippery kind of. Yeah,
2: yeah, he is. He does seem fit. A, like no in the
1: morning. Benioff
2: would be hard to take down. He's a big, he's big, a big man. A big, well, big, man. You know, That's actually maybe easier, though.
1: Big tree hard Can't fall, move. they That's say. That's right. <laughs> go for the knees.
2: Go for the ankles. I can take Comes right over. Town. Yeah.
1: Anyway, let's not talk about murdering tech executives. <laughs> um, so give me one or two more, and then I want to talk about VCs in a second, in the next section, but we'll talk about a couple more.
2: Crazy things? Yeah. Um, Another thing that bugs me are, are specifically, like, tech benefits, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, benefits in quotes. Mm-hmm. So there's many companies out there that will, like, cook you dinner at night right. or do your dry cleaning. Like, those right. are and all— And they become
1: expectations of pretty much everyone in tech.
2: Yes, and they're, all those things are designed to do is keep you at the office longer. Right. That's crazy. They are. It's not about going home. It's about, well, don't go home. We'll make you dinner for free. Or we'll drive you to work and pick you up. But it's, you know, the shuttle leaves at 7 a.m. and drops you off at 7 p.m., but we'll take care of it for you. It's 12 hours, but don't worry. You know, we got you. That kind of stuff really bugs me. And I think that drives people crazy because it sort of, there's an expectation again of, you you know, you want to be a team player. Everyone else is staying late. The company's encouraging you to stay late. Hey, they're going to cook you dinner. Like, Mm -hmm. why wouldn't you stay? Mm -hmm. You know?
3: Mm
2: -hmm. My teammates are going to be having dinner. So I got to stick around. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's unnecessary. I was at
1: this company today, and they're like, "This is our workout area." I go, "Yeah, they really love you."
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. And they're
1: like, "Then you want to just keep us here?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. Bingo. bingo. Thank you." That's a They're said magnets fine if you like working out. They're trap doors.
2: All yeah. these things. Right. And I mean, look, I'm do you not even being serve a, bit a chocolate
1: bar at <laughs> base camp.
2: <laughs> well, what we do is. We provide things check. for people at home, so we we do a CSA share, you know, farmers market thing for mm-hmm. everybody at home, so they can have fresh fruits and vegetables at home, not oh, at work. Nice. We um, have like a you know massage benefit, but it's at home or it's it's at a massage it's not place, not in the
1: office. Yeah, or if
2: you're like hovering over your or like hunched over your keys, and you get a fifteen minute chair massage, and you have to go back to hunching over your keys, that's not that relaxation. A fair point.
3: So you go home and a massage you, trap. Yeah,
2: it's a massage trap. Wow, it's fake. It's all this fake. Oh, fakeness. I know it is. Of course it is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So we do, we do, you know, we do things like that. We send people away on vacations that we pay for. Mm-hmm. So not only do we, of course, encourage vacation time, but we pay for your vacation. So every year we put together a list of between ten and fifteen amazing trips around the world, mm-hmm. and everyone gets a list and they get to pick, and it's on us. It's so about five thousand bucks per employee we, we mm-hmm. spring for, and they can take their spouse. Which
1: you saved partner. in kombucha, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's a bargain, right?
1: is expensive. Yeah, it is kombucha, especially, especially on tap. The, one, the ones home brewed by tiny you tiny, know, tiny, tiny leprechauns or something. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, because that's especially good. It's
2: a, it has to it's be especially it has to good. Be. So yeah, we, we you know we we provide things that we say get out of the office, go home, have a real life, see the world, see some stuff. We mm-hmm. also will pay, like for example, if you want to be a uh, ceramicist or potter or whatever, like we'll pay for those lessons for you. They have nothing to do with work, but we'll pay for that to help you develop yourself outside of work. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be, you don't have to learn your trade. Like, right. You can learn other things and we'll support you too. So that's our take on benefits um, versus the, the take, which is like stay at the office longer.
1: Stay at the office longer. Yeah. Are there any benefits you like among these, the tech companies?
2: Well, I mean, uh, yeah, certainly. I think, um, you know, Fi- some of the I some of the
1: healthcare ones are great.
2: healthcare is fantastic. I also think that like the tech world does take a lead is taking a lead now in things like maternity and paternity leave yes, because in the mean, United yeah. States there's zero. It's ridiculous. Right. Yes,
1: I, I was married to a Google executive, and I have to tell you the comparison between mine. My work was like, when are you getting back? Like, yeah, didn't you just have a? This and They're like, fifteen minutes. Will that work for you? And I was God. like, well, I'm bleeding, but yeah. all right. You can <laughs> and, still type. And, and Google yeah. showed up literally with like. A month of free food yeah. at home, nurses in, in and out the door, a basket of diapers. They all had Google on the ass, but it was fine. <laughs>
2: of I course. Was, they, were <laughs> was, they branded diapers, really? They were were they really?
1: They had something in there, yeah. That they had like branded shit, you know. But it was fun. They were good. L- yeah, let me tell fun. you, yeah. it was fantastic swag, and yeah. there was nothing wrong with it. And I don't care. If That's cool. Kid wears a Google <laughs> onesie. I don't mm-hmm. care.
2: Those benefits, I think, are. Um, it was astonishing. Those are good. And those it was are great. Caring.
1: It was really actually yeah. well done.
2: Yeah. And so I think I think that they're they're doing really well there, mm-hmm. um, and some healthcare stuff, and certainly like there's some other things. But I think a lot of these things are subversive. Haircuts. Um, okay. Yeah, it's just don't leave. Don't leave. Mm-hmm. Like this is like the the dream of, the, of of Utopia where like everything you need is under one roof. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, everything you need is not it's under one roof. It's a college campus. It's that style.
1: Well, it's a juvenileization of people. And I think that's yes. what's happened in a lot of these companies, which, is, which led directly to some of the other problems is it's a constant juvenile coddling of mostly men. And it's, it's it is eternal college campus. You don't have to pay for. In fact, you get paid. Yeah. But then you don't have time to spend the money you made, except right. on stupid shit.
2: Yeah, like at the Thank at you. the company bookstores. Right. Yeah, I agree. No, I mean
1: planes. I'm thinking private planes. Oh, those <laughs> things. Yeah. yeah. If you
2: yeah, sure. And then
1: they go off the deep end on the other side when they start to slow down. They just they just disengage. Caught everything. They just disengage and then like go to Fiji on
2: right for the weekend. Yeah, but that's that just doesn't last very long. You mean talking about like people sell their companies? Yeah, and like go, then it yeah. gets,
1: then it, then they just don't want to work at all, which yeah. I think work is kind of fun for a
2: while, yeah, and then yeah. they they always right. get back to it. Which so, is, by the way, so, one thing I think is important here. I would okay. want to mention.
1: Okay.
2: I don't understand serial entrepreneurship. <laughs> don't understand that. I'm proudly a non-serial entrepreneur. Okay, I I have, have one I've good been idea. I've struck by lightning. And I'm stuck with sticking yeah, with it. Yeah, why would I not? Right, like, right. This idea that, because I've, I've known a lot of these these people who've, who've, who've built a great business, they've sold the thing, and they're miserable, and they, they're they looking for the good old days again, mm-hmm. and they'll never get them back, because right. it's very hard to have one, one hit. One hit wonders, yeah. I'm okay being a one hit wonder, mm-hmm. perfectly, as long as I don't lose the hit. Like, right. If, if you have a hit, and you sell the hit, and you have to make more music for the rest of your life and you can't, that right. sucks. Right. So I'm perfectly comfortable doing one great thing, hopefully, my whole life, and that's great for me. But it's it's weird again, like in that in Silicon Valley, you're expected to come, you know, come in for a while, do something and, and sell it or whatever, and do something else and sell it and do something else and sell it. Yeah. I don't get that at it's all. It's always
1: diminishing returns. But nicer offices. Each time? Yes. Yeah. I was just perhaps. in the office of a, someone of this. Who's person. done that before? And I, the office was spectacular. Yeah, just spectacular. And I was like, now you're really not going to be successful. <laughs> no, you're now there. you're screwed. Your fr- when I that's always a sign for me. I'm like, mm
2: mm. Nice mm-mm. furniture. But out. I enjoyed being
1: there. It was lovely. It's good for you. It was very soft. Everything <laughs> was soft. Soft edges. Cashmere.
3: Round. It oh, was, cashmere chairs and stuff too. Felt cash. The whole mm, place was
1: cashmere, and it was very soft and spare and beautiful. Very Marie Kondo, and at the same oh, time. Oh yeah. Anyway, okay, one more, and then I'm. I gonna, give them two gonna, years,
2: <laughs> and they're done. though. that's <laughs> it. Not doing anything, just sitting there. Right. Just too. sitting there. That too. That's what they were doing. Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, and they yeah. were like, "Want to have time to talk?" I go, "No, I have no time to talk. If you have no information for me, I must." Nothing leave. to say. Yeah. Right. So last one. Last yeah. one. Crazy. Crazy.
2: Thing? Oh gosh, I'm not sure it's what I've 50 gone essays now. Of these. Right? Yeah, we have like 88 of them. Right, wow. um, I think one thing too is is this this um, following of the herd when it comes to work methods a book comes out or this company has done this one thing, this one way. And so everybody just thinks like, this is best practices. Like best practices are crazy that, you know, this, they point to one example, they don't have any idea why the thing was actually successful, but they go, well, they do it this way. So we're going to do it this way. And there's this herd mentality and people are focusing on the wrong things and paying so much attention to what they call best practices. And I think oftentimes they're really terrible practices. This idea that if you're a small business, let's say you're starting out and you've got five people, six people, that you're going to do what Apple does. No, Apple's got, what, 20,000 people or whatever? It's good for Apple. Different world entirely. Mm -hmm. And I think this also comes down to who you pay attention to in terms of advice. So... Advice has a shelf life. Mm. And for example, I haven't started a business in 20 years. Don't ask me how to start one because I, I don't know. It right. wouldn't be fair of me to say how to start a business. I It's been too long. Right. I can tell you how to run one. I can tell you to hire. I can tell you how to make products. I can tell you that stuff. But there's this idolization of some of these, these people who... We started businesses a long time ago, and they just want to, like, all, everyone new wants to be like those people. And I mm-hmm. think that that's kind of crazy, too. It drives yeah. people insane. Yes. Um, also, I think this, this, um, this obsession with lack of sleep and how it's a badge of honor that, like, hey, I only get six hours. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Like, this is just stupid, flat-out stupid, literally, actually, right. like, diminishes your IQ and So I'm bad assuming— news.
1: Food hacking is not your favorite
2: thing. Hacking anything is stupid.
1: Intermittent fasting? Are you intermittent
2: fasting? I do. I there do is interesting time. <laughs> I don't do intermittent fasting, but right. I do, um, let's call it time-restricted eating. How's right. that? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't believe in hacking anything. There's no right. such thing as a hack. Yeah. Like, that, that, whole, that whole term is crazy to begin with. Um, everyone's looking for shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. Yeah. There are no shortcuts. The thing is, is that, like, doing well, you don't have to go the long route anyway. Right. Like, it—, it if you make things harder than yourself, uh, harden yourself, then you have to look for shortcuts. If you just do the simple thing and don't get carried away, everything's kind of y in right, that sense. If right. that makes any sense, that's a
1: fair point. Yeah. I don't. I don't mean to insult Some of no, the no. food stuff is actually interesting. I do agree. The part I do that, that is, I do the it's the, it's the never going to die.
2: Well, it's the soylent shit. Like, so, that, come on.
1: I one of the people there. I was like, they were talking about living longer. I'm like, look, let me give you a pro tip. You're going to die.
2: You're gonna die and you wanna die. You That's, can die
1: healthy. That's better yeah. than dying not healthy. Yeah. So um, actually for that.
2: Totally. I saw um I don't know if you watched the um George Bush eulogy. Bush eulogizing yes. his father. Yes. I thought he said something really interesting which, which said was? like he said, um my dad, I think he said, My dad always said that you wanna die young as late as possible. Oh, and I thought that was a, a great one. line actually Oh, that is a good and that's one. kind of a nice sweet way of thinking about it versus it's, like how
1: did George Bush Jr. become not an idiot it's like because so he's not a, president anymore I guess I don't know <laughs> just what, like
2: what you kind of look back it. fondly on, Didn't on people did we just
1: like him or I think know. he's an idiot anyway it's all uh, when we get back. we're talking, with, having a great time talking to Jason Freed the founder and CEO of the company Basecamp he's also the co-author of the new book It Doesn't Have to be Crazy at Work when we get back we're going to talk about VCs
3: support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, it's Tom Warren, Senior Editor at The Verge here. Microsoft is in an era-defining moment. It's betting on AI as the future of work, Its Xbox business is going through transformational changes and the Mac versus PC war is about to be back on. So, I'm launching a newsletter called Notepad. It will be your inside guide to all those changes and beyond. From details on the next Xbox to that one time every Microsoft employee named Michael appeared on a mysterious email list. Whatever is happening at Microsoft, you'll be able to read about it first in Notepad every Thursday. Go subscribe now at theverge.com Slash notepad.
1: I'm here with Jason Fried, the founder and CEO of Basecamp. He's the co-author of a new book called "It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work." Some workplaces are crazy, and they have to be crazy. They just, they, they celebrate crazy in a lot they of ways. Ce- they
2: but. don't have to be, but they celebrate so it. So,
1: where does this come from? And the answer definitely should be VCs. We talk about <laughs> you talk about your VC. <laughs> it's
2: a big part of it, All right? Here's the problem I have with VCs, All right. um, specifically around
1: one. Period.
2: Just one problem? No, no I'm one saying VC? one. Let's oh, one. To like one up, up to one. 30. We'll Number go through one. 30. All right. So one of them is... The
1: shoes. Go ahead. No, the shoes.
2: <laughs> The problem I have is, is that a lot of people take money too early. That's mm-hmm. the main thing. And I think VCs prey on that situation where people don't have anything and they're desperate. So so they, they go try to raise a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. The problem with raising money early on is that you get good at spending money. You don't get good at making money. Right. And the things you do over and over and over, are the things you practice are the things you get better at. So if you have a bunch of money in the bank, you're encouraged to spend it. Because no one ever, well, I shouldn't say no one, but hardly anyone ever goes for one round.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's round A, round B. It's like, you know, go back to the drug yeah, they dealer. they
1: feel like they have to, and, and especially when others are getting it. It, you, it preys on your insecurity. But
2: more so, they're encouraged to spend it. It cannot sit. It has to be spent. Mm-hmm. And so what do you get good at? You get good at spending money. And when you get good at spending money, and you know there's more to spend, you don't think about costs, you don't think about being smart about your money, you don't think about what you're really spending it on, you don't really care if it's wasted because there's more of it. There's an endless supply and it wasn't yours in the beginning, in the first place, who cares?
1: Free money. So by the time
2: you finally need to actually make money, you don't have any skills. You don't know how to make money because all you know how to do is spend it. It's like if you were to go on stage for the first time and play guitar and be expected to play guitar, everybody in the world would would go, you're not good, you're not going to be good at playing guitar. Everyone would know the first time you're going to suck. So these People start these businesses, they raise a bunch of money, they, they, they lose money for years and years and years, and then some, at some point they're expected maybe to make money. And we expect it by that time, since they've been in business for nine years, they'll be good at it. No, they won't, because they haven't practiced, just like that guitarist for mm-hmm. the first time. And so I think that VCs and raising a bunch of money and, and raising way more than you need, it ends up stunting people's actual growth as businesses. It like destroys businesses.
1: It's yeah, like Rich kids that have been overfed.
2: It's like, look, you know, you plant a seed, it needs some water. But if you just pour a whole fucking bucket of water on it's going to kill it. Like, you, you can't, like, that's too much money. Too fast, too early. How do people early?
1: resist that, though? Because there is, like, right now, for example, SoftBank is, like, throwing, like, well, maybe not so much given it's yeah, coming
2: from right.
1: Saudis. They're throwing a lot of money. And I know I've talked to a lot of these startups. And when they have a great business and it's going well and yeah. they, they they seem to be building it to some profitability. A lot more startups lately, I've noticed, are much more interested in making money. Like all the entrepreneurs I talk to yeah. versus anything else. It's a really interesting shift.
2: Yeah. Um, Why do you think that's happened?
1: I, they, I just— it's this idea of intentional growth. They don't want, they're tired of it. They're, they wanna, they're like, just a second, I want to make something great, and I want to make it on my time. And they don't want to be forced to sell or do something. I, there's something going on. There's definitely like a yeah. just a second here. There's a little bit. It feels like it. Hopefully. I, I'm not sure what's happening, but I definitely have heard it more and more, and I don't think it's just bullshit.
2: Are they doing it? That's the yes, question. several of yeah. them, yeah. Great. I have
1: good examples of great. it, this idea great, of intentional great. growth is the kind of thing.
2: Well, I'm more curious about profit.
1: Right, like, and they're, but they're interested in, like, I don't want to make something unless it makes money. Good. Like, like that's the kind of, yeah. it, and you, it, I haven't heard it. It takes a long home time.
2: money is the key. Right. I just want to, it's a nuance take, here.
1: Take, I, I mean, like, it's profitable.
2: Yes, because the only thing ever discussed in this industry right. are revenues.
1: Right. No, they're talking about yeah, profitable. Great. Profitable. Great. And not Good just cash flow pro- yeah. Pro- yeah. Real, real, real profitable. Profit. Real yes. profitable. Right, exactly. Um, great. Fantastic. And so it's interest- It's an interesting trend. Anyway, yeah. I think what happens, though, when you say you have SoftBank giving someone $300, million, we're going to give you $300 million or your competitor. Go it ahead.
2: does. Our competitors are flush with billions. Right.
1: But I'm just saying care. that's I think, it, but it does play into human nature. Like, come on. It doesn't, it's hard to resist something like that. It's harder. It depends.
2: I mean, yeah, it is harder. It is harder. Right. But so what? I mean, like that's make or break for your business. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you take that money, you're not going to run the business you wish to run. If you wanted to grow intentionally, let's say. Right. All of a sudden, you're building a business. You're you're a division of SoftBank, and they're going to run your show. Right. That's basically they they want their return, and that's. Right. so. I think if you don't think about the implications of taking that kind of money, you're you're foolish. Right. Now you might decide that it's worth the implication it's worth it, and you right. want to do that because. You want to feed the ego, usually. It's usually ego-based. Right. Um, You want to grow big. You want to have power. I totally get all that. That is a human thing, for sure, Mm -hmm. in in all realms. But I've just never been interested in that. I I think that um, venture capital money kills more businesses than it helps. Mm-hmm. lots of businesses could be great 10 million, 20 million dollar businesses, but they're not allowed to be. Mm-hmm. Got to be 200 million or 500 million or a billion. Right. And when and,
1: you're 100, they want you to get to a billion.
2: Yes. And 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 you can't stop because like you've already signed the deal and like it's mm-hmm. just or, or like they'll they'll forget about you, whatever it is. Like you've got to go huge. Mm-hmm. And so few companies are huge. There's like just look at the math. Look at do the numbers. There's basically no huge companies. If you really look at all the companies they are outliers, extreme outliers. Mm-hmm. And I think, hopefully, more entrepreneurs are seeing that one of the reasons you get into entrepreneurship is to, is to like, control your own destiny to some degree. Right, right. To not have to go work for somebody else. To not have to collect a paycheck from somebody else. And so um, the thing is, when you go take money, you're, you're working for someone else again instantly. So I think people yes. are beginning to realize that like if you really want to work for yourself, that you need to stay independent. Independence is such a beautiful thing. It's harder it to resist, but it's not harder to do. For example— Every business has competitors, everyone, right? right. The market is so big, and I'm not going to do this. If you get one billion, 1% of the, that, I hate that thing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know that one? Yes. yeah. I'm not talking about that. For example, Basecamp, we have around it. We have around down. We have over 100,000 paying customers who pay us every month mm-hmm. for Basecamp, okay? To some people, if they took money, that wouldn't be enough. Right. We generate tens of millions of dollars in annual profits every year. Okay, tens of millions in annual profits, so more more revenue than that. But for many, that wouldn't be enough. If we would have taken three hundred million dollars, like that's you, you don't make profits, to pour all that back into the business and grow as fast as you can. But the way I look at it is like we have the kind of business that we want to run. We want to run it our own way. We're taking home lots of money every year. We're paying our employees incredibly well. We pay them top 10 percent salaries in the industry. San Francisco rates, even though we're not based in San Francisco, mm-hmm. we have amazing benefits. We have all these things because we're independent and we can do things that don't make sense from a investor standpoint that would say it's not worth it to spend five thousand bucks per person and send them on vacation. It's right. not worth I don't care. Like, I don't want to have to answer to that. I want right. to answer to myself. That's right. why I got into so, business. W- so
1: you think VCs create that mode? It's like they the go, 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 go.
2: Of course. Right. Because, look, and they, they have to. They have to get big, huge returns from at least a few people per—one few one company per fund mm. or whatever it is, which is so funny to me. Like, these are supposed to be really brilliant financial people, yet what, what their hit rate is like 1%, 2%, yeah. 3%. Yeah. And they admit it. Like, we, we're going to get one out of 100 right. Yeah. And you're like, you know, you're begging to work with these people?
1: I couldn't agree more. (laughs) I I was just like, government employees get it right (laughs) (laughs) Long. You know what I mean? It was really interesting because there is this, it's interesting though what's happening around VCs, the idea of like, especially because there's also discrimination and how they fund and like, you know, the decisions they make and how they pattern match. And I was telling a story about someone who, um, one of them was like, you know, if there was only a Marsha Zuckerberg, we would fund more (laughs) women. I'm like, Can all women suck? Like, like, let's just go on the premise that this, these numbers, and women suck that much more than men, and people of color suck that much more than women and men, like white women and men. And like, it was, it was, I was like, it can't be. Yeah, it it just something's wrong with your decision making that you don't even maybe you don't even realize you're doing it willfully or not willfully.
2: People tend to pattern match. Yeah, and and they pattern match, but they also they they invest in who they know and right. Th- that's just that's kind of how it is. It's unfortunate. I get. And it. Luckily, there's like a new. But what's world. another
1: system? What's the other system then? Well, just making what's, something that makes money.
2: Well, yeah. First of all, just like right. like every other business on the whole right, fucking right, planet.
1: Right. The, guy
2: <laughs> like the, guy, the guy down the guy down there in the grocery guy. store. Yeah, the yeah. falafel guy. Right. He doesn't he doesn't like he, he if you were if you. <laughs> He's not going up to his friends and going, I'm going to sell a fucking million falafel. I'm going to lose a buck on each one, but I'm going to sell a million of them and become huge. And that's not how it works. He's like, right. I've got bills to pay. I've got to support my family and my kids. I've got to make more money than I spend. Basic fundamental economics, like every business on the street, every business in the world, mm-hmm. except for a handful of outliers, in the t- primarily in the tech world. There's some biotechs as, as well. There's other businesses that are high-flying, risk-taking businesses. Here's the thing that blows my mind about Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley has taken... The highest margin product you could ever have, which is software, Mm -hmm. and turn it into the lowest margin, negative margin business model Mm -hmm. ever. Like, Mm -hmm. you're taking the most profitable thing ever. It
1: doesn't cost anything else every the next one.
2: and, And you're losing money. These companies are losing billions of dollars. What the fuck is going on? Well, How I is think, that possible? I actually, think
1: Wall Street lets them. I mean, I had an yes, interesting th- discussion today about someone was talking about Amazon. you know, which everyone is the beloved company right now, obviously. Yeah. A- not w- for is, long. Yeah. Well, that's what they were. They were like very smart at first. Smart analysis I've heard. Like, and I was like. I hadn't thought of that. They're absolutely like AWS will be commoditized, and then they're going to have to pay for the delivery service, and then they they can't keep it. Like, and no matter what you do, food is a zero, like a, is, a, is a low low margin business. And so, what are they going to do to make money? They're going to have to charge higher prices. Well, as long right? as Wall Street
2: enables that. That's right. That. Yes. That's right. Yes. So it doesn't
1: matter if Wall Street enables it. And one of the things that uh, I was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's exactly where it's going. It, until, but one of the things that was interesting with Amazon is for years. Wall Street let them do it forever until they got to AWS, which was a good business. now it's right? a great business yeah right but, independently right, but maybe not, like going if you if you pause it forward, you know what I mean like so they were saying there was going to be a lot more competitors
2: there is, but there's that kind of yes, I agree with that except that that scale requires. A huge company. So there's basically there's Google, right. there's Microsoft, and Amazon. That's what they, they were saying.
1: They were saying there's going to be there's going to be my, there's going to be price competition that's going to make it harder and harder to make as quite as much money unless they all like
2: there is about, right? Well, they'll probably. It, it was yeah. just
1: interesting, and because I do remember there used to be. Do you remember there was like a zillion storage companies?
2: Yeah, oh, for sure. And
1: Then there were and
2: hosting company, website and hosting, hosting companies, com- and everyone yeah. said
1: they would be for it. this is something everybody needs, and then it was yeah. like not at all. Like it was I'm, I, first time I was like, oh, that's an interesting analysis. Yeah. Like what if that business went away? I, We'd be back to.
2: I mean, AWS and and Azure and Google Web Server, whatever mm-hmm. they're called. I think I might be getting the names wrong, but anyway, um, they're a different tier. Mm-hmm. But there there will be other cloud, and there are other mm-hmm. cloud service providers mm-hmm. where you don't need that level of capacity. Like if right. you're not the United States government, you don't need to like spin up a thousand machines in a second, right? Right. Um, so so there's some businesses that will be able to exist at, at a lower tier, which will provide more competitive anal- or competitive prices, perhaps. But although. AWS's prices are quite good. They're amazing yes. prices, but just the services and 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 the slice of the of the of the of the customer service because like their customer service is terrible. Mm-hmm. A lot of these big companies they don't know how to provide customer service right. on the technology side at right. all. So like you'll need someone else will, will cater to that, and you'll have different like, you know, little little small niches pop up, but. The thing is, with with web hosting and storage, that was a real true commodity. Mm-hmm. What AWS has, and, and Microsoft and, and and Google have, they actually have technology that's not a commodity yet. It's like
1: right. They were pausing out a long time. Was yeah, yeah, way, way down the I was just interesting. I was like interested that someone would actually go against the grain, like against sure. the normal. grain. I love
2: that. Which I mean, was great. So, so
1: how do you build better companies? Do you think yeah. there'll be a shift that people will or have the Google, Google which pioneered the free crap? Yes, um, they were like the king of free crap. Yeah. Um,
2: well, because they they made money on advertising. Although
1: you know, Amazon actually you pay for food there I think I'm pretty sure Amazon? they don't give free food neither does Microsoft
2: right you pay for it I, I was at you Microsoft should. I was like I have to
1: pay for this I have to you? pay
2: for this taco and what? Apple you have to pay for Yeah.
1: which is interesting yeah. like I'm trying to think of like they don't give out free food no they absolutely it's, it's beautiful it's 99
2: cents food. though it's, per, per, it's per cheap food. but it's yeah.
1: it's still pretty cheap yeah. it's still paid for It was. it's a different it should, mentality. It should be it and it there's not be. a lot of free stuff around that company no. which is interesting but talk about what how does it change how do you stop being how do you stop the infection of Silicon Valley values and keeping some of the good
2: like any virus it kills itself it kills the host (laughs) and the host is the economy and the host is like people's people's trust and it's killing itself so I'm just let it kill itself Uh it's happening before our eyes right Um, I think what's interesting is some of it isn't
1: due to the culture it's due to like some products that aren't working well there's that
2: too right yes but trust specifically is being eroded very rapidly
1: it is um, and
2: the fact that these businesses are manipulative that they're they build addictive products and they have extreme amounts of centralized power like that combination of power manipulation and addiction mm-hmm. dangerous mm-hmm. and people are beginning to realize that yes percent. So, and actually what's kind of interesting is if you think about the cigarette business way back when
1: Wait, addiction power and
2: sorry, centralized control centralized control yeah. i think yeah i think uh, well, manipulation i don't know i just made them up, but manipulation, right. power, uh, addiction, uh, centralized, uh, strong centralized control. Anyway, um, think about the, the cigarette industry, um, which, is, of course, is, is a shadow of itself, mm-hmm. um, at least in the United States. What people got pissed off about was that Philip Morris knew cigarettes were dangerous, but they didn't tell anybody. They, mm-hmm. with, they knew the yes, science they and they tell. withheld it, right? That's what people were really pissed about. It wasn't that people chose to smoke and that these cigarettes were addictive. It's that someone knew they were addictive and didn't tell you.
1: And then they used culture to get you to smoke and move. Advertising. Advertising. Yeah.
2: Right. But I think it was the secret that they knew that really pissed people off. And I think what's very interesting is if you look at social media right now, let's take Apple, for example, which is not social media, but the phone, right? Actually, both iOS and Android have a screen time style component. To me, in many ways, this is these companies recognizing how dangerous these behaviors are and saying, we don't want to be Philip Morris. We know this shit's bad. We want to help you control, uh, try to control this from the start so you don't hold us responsible 20 years down the road when we realize that 150 dopamine hits a day to your brain has caused brain damage or mm-hmm. has caused who knows what is it's going mm-hmm. to cause in 30 years. Right. So it's very interesting that they're, I think, ahead of this curve. They're pretty much ahead of this curve compared to traditional uh, addictive industries. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get back, uh, that was an aside. To get back to your point, so first of all, you can bootstrap, which is... Or you can take a business, start a side business from that business. That's what we did. We were a consulting Mm -hmm. company, built the software on the side, didn't have any expectations for it. Turned out it was doing better than our consulting business about a year and a half, two years later. So we ditched consulting and been doing software ever since. So we funded ourselves in that respect. But there's a new wave of, of, um, I wouldn't call it VCs because Mm -hmm. they're not venture capitalists so much, but they are people who can provide bootstrap funding, let's call it. You've got Indie.vc, you've got uh, Tiny Seed, you've got Earnest Capital, there's a number of them, mm-hmm. um, and they are coming out and coming around to give people like 150 grand for six months or for a year, basically saying, you're running a side business right now. If we could give you a full year's salary, essentially, to dedicate yourself for a year, Um, Let's see what you can do with that. And then taking a small piece of the company, like uh, a few percent. And that to me is interesting. That's not the million, billion valuation thing. That's like, can you turn a bootstrap company into something We'll take, as, as, a, as a funder, we would take, div- I'm not saying we, but like one mm-hmm. of these people funding, mm-hmm. would we'll take dividends. Mm-hmm. So there'd be an LLC, for example, and we'll take dividends. So if you have 150,000 bucks left over at the end of the year and we own 5%, we get 5% of that as a dividend. Right. We're going to make our money back on dividends, not on the big, huge massive fits. Maybe there's going to be one or two that turns out to be a big thing, but for the most part, we want to help you grow your company, maintain control of your company, and we'll take dividends as a, as a form of repayment, which is in fact... so. Um, Jeff Bezos, we have no investors. Jeff Bezos did buy a piece of our company in 2006. Mm -hmm. That's right. Um, He bought it from me and David. mm -hmm. So none of his money ever went into our business. It went Mm -hmm. to me and David to put money in the bank. We're an LLC. So people always ask us, like, how does Jeff get his money back? You guys have said you're never going to sell your business. You don't want to acquire anyone. You don't want to be acquired. You don't want to go IPO. Like, how's he going to get out? Well, he's getting out every year. Because he's, we're, we're very profitable and, and he gets a slice of that money every right. year, Right. Um, a nice slice of money right. every year. And he's been in, it's uh, eight, 12 years now.
1: Why did he go into it?
2: To invest in us. Yeah. Or, um, he just liked
1: it. I, it's just like him. I can see him. He
2: just liked what we were doing. Yeah. We are doing something very different back then. And, um, oh, I could see him. And he was into it. Um, I could see
1: him back then doing that too. Yeah.
2: yeah. He, I don't know if he does that much anymore. He probably he only makes big, huge bets now. But No? no?
1: I don't think That's
2: so. Cool. I haven't it's talked a, to him in a few years. Yeah. But. So he makes money on the dividends, and that's a wonderful method of actually making money off of investing in companies is, is making it slowly just like the company makes it slowly. Mm-hmm. And being invested along with the company, when they make money, you make money. Right. You get a, a piece. Yeah, you get and a, that, that, That's fair. So I like that model, and there's there's right. a number of them pro- yeah. uh, bubbling up right now. We're actually going to be supporting some of them. Mm-hmm. So we're going to put a little bit of money into a funds. So few that they become funds.
1: LLCs and then they're distributed money. Yes. Just distributed profits. Yeah. Yeah. depending. And then some of it you put back in the business, presumably. So. It's
2: up to you. I mean, it's all LLC, all the no, profits but, tax at a personal right, level. So if right. you want to throw some back in, right. of course, you can do that. Right,
1: but you're operating, you're covering your costs, so it doesn't really matter. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. Exactly. which is which is antithetical to Silicon Valley, which is drive it back in and keep yeah. going. But
2: that's the other thing I don't understand, right. which is this idea that You just keep pouring it in as if it might be there, as if it's going to be there later. Like, I am not a fan of deferred living. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what that is. Basically, let's throw it all in and, you know, one day we'll be huge and we'll sell it and we'll get rich. But, like, what if you don't? most right. mostly you will not right so why not take a piece as you go right. every year right take a piece out of well, because people go.
1: think it's like gambling they think they're going to miss the big hit if they right. like i didn't i didn't get google at this price this is so it's so gambling you know right? how it goes totally let me finish on the, one of the things you did sure. th- finish up on the last thing that you talked about when you were talking about this idea of cycle of uh, addiction one person in charge you know centralized thing yeah and uh the third one was i'm sorry addiction let's see manipulation,
2: manipulation addiction and control where does
1: that go because i i agree with you it's fa- what's really fascinating in lives company and i'll use facebook as an example is there's centralized control
2: mark mm-hmm. yep
1: there's addiction that
2: clearly. they know about clearly and they've
1: done it and they have all these people getting to push that red button and it's a manipulation you know it's you're being manipulated almost constantly yeah. and they're not acknowledging that either and in fact when you point it out or they have problems they always move into the we mode well together we'll solve it and like together we didn't make the billions right T- <laughs> exactly together i can't sh- fire you together we this yeah. is not a together thing and what's re- that's what's really that to me is the most irritating weeness of it and they i'm deflect. like w- where's the we? what you mean we? like it's, kind of thing
2: uh it's 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 really weird it's really weird because i feel like there these companies not all of them, but let's take Facebook. I mean, they're easy to beat on right now. Right. Um, um, deserved. deserve Absolutely deserved. Uh, they're very they're victim- not equipped right? to she handle they're very
1: victim right now? Oh, my God. Very what to you? Victim-y. Like, oh, oh, of course. Like, oh, really?
2: Which is ridiculous.
1: I, I literally was like, you've never been unsafe a day in your privilege.
2: right. Privileged. right. Clearly.
1: Ridiculous life. Like, Clearly. It's so funny, though. Dick to me like crazy.
2: That, well, that's kind of the defensive posture. When you're being picked on, you right. go there. Right. Even if you're a bully, right. which they are, right. then you go there right. and you, you look for sympathy. That's just yeah. a natural, this is right. human behavior. And it but, comes from the
1: top. It 100% of course, comes from the top. Of course.
2: Everything does there, right. of course. But I think that they're not really equipped to handle what they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
1: they're incompetent to the task. Yeah. yeah
2: they, I don't know if anyone can solve the problem I other than government.
3: Agree.
2: I don't think it can be. I don't think it's right. a problem that companies can solve. I mm-hmm. think this is a runaway train. Mm-hmm. This is society. This is humanity. This is just kind of where we're at. And um, I think you, you have to look to you know what's going on in Europe perhaps as a, as a model for what mm-hmm. might, might happen here at some point because I don't see any other thing other than like people striking in mass and saying like. We're, we can't handle this Instagram anymore because it's—we it's, it's we can't look at photos. Like, that's not going to happen because right. people are addicted. Right. It's addictive. So you're, right. you're not going to stand up and say that. Right. So it's going to have to be a bigger power than them. And right. the only bigger power is government and—
1: Which is also incompetent to the
2: test. Totally. But they it, haven't
1: always been. They, they've managed to step into at They've managed to step into Microsoft. They have eventually managed to step into— Yeah,
2: but they, they understood the telephone, I feel like. I'm not <laughs> sure they understand what's going on. Today. But but at some point— What like, makes
1: you think that, those <laughs> hearings?
2: right all right gosh but Can I think you help
1: that, me with my Facebook Mr. Zuckerberg I was, scared. I was like what?
2: what that's what we're that's leadership though <laughs> I
1: literally almost reached the screen and was like I'm going to have to do
2: there's generational something. turnover though I, I mean guess, like, it's gonna yeah. happen it's yeah. gonna happen and at yeah. some point right. people are, I also so. do think there's gonna be fatigue mm-hmm. and there already is fatigue mm-hmm. but that's not going to be enough to turn the tide but there mm-hmm. is enough of it now where you like for example five years ago everybody would give Facebook the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. maybe five, six, whatever, like Facebook's great, Facebook's great. Facebook, now nobody gives them the benefit. So like yeah. things have turned and they'll continue to turn. And, um, some people will leave and some people will make, make some noise, but I think it's government in the end. Unfortunately. Well, yeah. It's
1: interesting though, that now everyone gives Microsoft the benefit of the doubt because like, they like what he's done there. Yeah. He's
2: calm- he has done a nice but job. Talk
1: about calming a company down.
2: Yes. It's, it's it appears calmer from the outside although. Um, I don't know if that's true. Internally, they've had a long history of yeah. working insane hours. Yes, and they, they actually do. ran an ad campaign, which we railed against a few years ago, where they where they promote that you can work. Like they had this ad where someone was working like in the in the, in the stands watching their, their kids' baseball games. Like you can answer emails while watching your kids' baseball games. Oh, yeah. Game. Well, they're
1: selling stuff. What yes. the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah.
2: But like that is so perverted and broken and wrong, you know. But anyway, um, I, I think they also have the benefit of the doubt because the, the focus and the attention is uh, is elsewhere right now. Right. And they've kind of taken a fall and they missed out. And so now like they're the they're the darlings again, kinda of like George W. Bush.
1: Right. That's true. <sighs> Similar oh thing. my goodness. I'm not even gonna get into Uber right now. But anyway, <sighs> oh Jason, this okay. was fantastic. I'm gonna have you back again and this again because this is really fun. Thanks, to you all for listening. His book is called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work. Um, but he's re- I read I remember reading Rework. Rework. It was a fantastic Thank book. You. It's a really good book. And Basecamp's a really great product. You're right. There's a million of them and actually we've been around. You've been around the block. Yeah, we're still around. You're oldie but goodie kind of thing. uh, Really oldie in 2014 years. Yeah, I mean, we
2: have brand new versions every few years. Yes, I know that. But the thing is, is that, like, we want to keep the good old days rolling. Yeah. That's the thing. They like everyone good. likes to look at the, and they go, oh, "I wish we were smaller again." We're just going to keep yeah. it small then. Yeah,
1: just keep, good. Just keep it that way. Jason, I like it. It was great talking to you. A breath of fresh air. Thanks for coming on the show, and thanks to you all for listening. You can find more episodes of Rico Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please tell a friend about this show. You can follow me on Twitter at Kara Swisher, which is my addiction. Jason, I'm sorry, but <laughs> I have a good I'm time on Twitter too. Do you know what? I have a good time. Twitter's fun. I enjoy it. I literally laugh like the the whole hamburger thing last night made yeah. me laugh and I didn't watch cable television yeah. I was
2: thrilled with totally. the funny I feel like you, with Twitter you can kind of go in the room and then leave the room yes exactly and just I'm leave. just saying
1: where can people follow you online or wherever, wherever.
2: Uh, the only place I'm on is Twitter as well so at Jason Freed F-R-I-E-D, F-R-I-E-D. Okay. alright um, that's it and I'm then not Baseline on is and camp. Camp, Basecamp you can com. find
1: online now that you're done with this go check out our other podcasts Recode Media and Pivot you can find those shows wherever you found this one thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode thanks to our editor Joel Robbie and our producer Eric Johnson I'll be back. Here on Saturday. Tune in then.
3: More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals